Well, um, we are going to continue this morning our look at what we began last week, which I called the Corner Post Christian Life. The Corner Post Christian Life. Now, there's a lot that, that we love about being cowboys and ranchers and cattle owners, but building fence is not one of them. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. How many of you guys love building fence? Anybody? Anybody weird like that? My wife is weird like that. She loves it. I mean, seriously. Where is she? She's gone. Anyways, look at my wife's thumb. She's got blisters from uh, doing postal deer. So she is she's an amazing woman. But anyways, um, digging, <laughs> digging holes, putting fence in the ground, not very much fun, right? I mean, you got things like come-alongs, you got wire, you got stretchers, you got tamping tools, you got line posts, you got wire stays, you got wood stays. You got all kinds of stuff to go along with building fence. But here's the most important part of building a fence. It's the corner post. Now this is a corner post that we uh, stretched up here so that I didn't have to lift it. Because I'm weak and old and fat. But um, we, uh, this is a corner post. If you've never seen one of these, welcome to Fence Building 101. This is a corner post. It's really tall. I don't know how tall it is. But when you build a corner, you want to put that corner post as deep into the ground as you can get it, right? If it's not deep in the ground, it will be worthless, right? How many of you guys have posts, corner posts, and, and this is hard to admit, that are pulling up out of the ground? Anybody? One. All the rest of you guys are liars. You're just a bunch of liars. <laughs> There has been a, a time in our, all of our lives where we've had some corner posts that have been pulled out of the ground, whether they're 6 or 12 inches round, whether they're railroad ties or light poles or pipe or rock wrapped in wire. Um, it doesn't really matter what they're made out of if they're not planted deep in the ground. Now, last week, listen, we started our look at how we can have a corner post Christian life. And we look at the first essential for having that, that quarter post Christian life, and it's faith. Faith. Remember what we learned last week? Faith is what's in the ground. When you plant this quarter post in the ground, you know what faith represents? It plants what you cannot see. Remember Hebrews chapter one or chapter eleven, verse one? It says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's the same way with the corner post. What goes in the ground is what's most important, and faith is what's in the ground. Number two, the second point that we looked at was corner post faith is not circumstantial. I, I don't know about you, but that, that speaks to my heart. Because think about that. I mean, we want to follow God as long as things are going right. We want to follow God as long as God doesn't say, hey, would you um, serve? Hey, we want to follow God as long as you know, he answers our prayers, and he gives us what we ask, and we're happy. But as soon as the trials come, guess what? For many of us, we fall. Now, our corner post gets ripped out of the ground. Everything comes unraveled because our faith is based on our circumstances, not just faith in Christ. That's important. That was number two. And then number three is corner post faith is only found in Jesus. I hear people say it all the time. If I just believe in myself, if I can just, you know, just work harder, if I can just do it all, if I'll just step up a little bit, if I'll just have more faith. No, God said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Again, it's not about the, 
the amount of faith that we have, it's about the object of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. I like recapping it because it, it, it fires me up again. Well, today we're going to look at the second essential for living a corner post Christian life. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13. And I'm going to ask my buddy and my pal, Josh. Come up here, Josh. This is my buddy, Josh Clark. Give it up for Josh. Give him a hand. Josh. Josh is going to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, verses 1 through 13 um, for you this morning. So you follow along as Josh reads. Step up to that mic. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, that do not have love, I am only a resounding dawn or a plain symbol. If I have a gift of prophecy and the faith of all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. For where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. There is, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I'll put in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three think these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the grace of these is all. Amen. Good job, man. Let's pray together. Let's ask God to bless the rest of our time together. Lord, thank you so much for an opportunity to come and just worship you. We thank you again for the rain. We thank you for what you're going to do in this service. And we pray that you would just speak to hearts today. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, there are three essentials that we looked at and we started again looking at last week. The first one was faith. Today, we are going to look at hope. The second essential for having a corner post Christian life. Look at verse 13 again. It says, now these three remain. Faith, say it with me. Hope and love. Say it again. And now these three remain. And love, but the greatest of these is love, right? Now, many of you guys are here today. Some of you guys are here today. You're thinking, man, it has been so long since I've had any hope. So long since I've hoped in anything or anybody. I feel like my life is going down the tubes. Life hasn't been easy. Things are hopeless in my life right now. Can I just convey to you today? There's hope for you. There's hope for you today. Now, you say, well, Bo, how, how, do, how do 
kind of hope. I mean, again, I think the world kind of belittles hope every now and then. And I think they, they, they don't define it in the right way. Um, I'll tell you what hope isn't. Hope isn't wishful thinking. I wish I may. I wish I might. I wish I found my starting now. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a children's rhymer. Whatever. I don't know what that is. Or they cross their fingers. Oh, I mean, just if it happens, please. Or they pull out their lucky rabbit's foot. Yes. Or they say, oh, I just put the horseshoe above my fence or my gate or whatever. Then I'll hope. I mean, oftentimes we believe that hope is something that we can conjure up. Or hope comes out of our own individual desires or plans. But listen to this. Biblical hope is this. Listen to this definition. It is a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. A confident expectation for something uh, good in the future. Listen, biblical hope is not, it not only desires for something good for the future, it expects it to happen. And it is not, it, only, it not only expects it to happen, it is confident that it will happen. Did you hear the verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? It says, being sure of what you hope for. Listen, that's what biblical uh, hope looks like. And you say, well, where does hope come from? Where does it come from? Well, number one is this. Hope is what rises above the ground. Hope is what rises above the ground. Look at this corner post. What, what goes in the ground is faith. And if you don't plant your faith in Jesus Christ, then you will have no hope. It, it matters that you have your faith in Jesus Christ planted deeply, and hope rises out of that faith. So hope is what comes out of the ground. And, and a corner post hope is what rises up. Without faith in God's Son, we have no true hope. But here's another point that I want to point out, and this is, this is an amazing truth, and I want you to get this. Real hope goes beyond our faith. In Jesus. Let me explain that. Here's, here's how I would say that. Corner post Christian hopes, hope comes from His faithfulness to us. Listen to that. Did you, did you get that? I mean, our, our faith in Him, it does matter. We need to place our faith in Him. But our hope is not based on just our faith alone. It's based on His faithfulness to us. I don't know if that evolutionizes your life, but here's the thing for me. I'm not going to always be faithful to God. So if my hope depends only on my faith to Him, then I'm going to lose hope. But praise God that my hope doesn't just depend on me, but on His faithfulness to me. You get it? I mean, Jesus Christ will never let us down. 2 Timothy 2.13 If we are faithless, He will remain faithful. How cool is that? Look at uh, Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is what? Faithful. faithful. Listen, here's the point. Our hope isn't just found in our faith in him, but in his faithfulness to us. Our hope isn't totally dependent on our faith, but his faithfulness to us. Listen to Jeremiah 29.11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Listen, His plans for us are to give us hope and a future. And, and, and we can trust 
in him. So listen, the first point of, uh, of true hope is this. Hope is what rises out of our faith. It's what rises out of the ground. And then secondly is this. Corner post Christians have hope in this world. Now again, this may go back to you, those of you that are here today and you don't have any hope today. Listen, corner post Christians, people that have trusted and put their faith in Jesus Christ, can have hope even in this world. I want you to think about that. Again, I'm speaking a lot of truth. This stuff doesn't come from me. This stuff comes from God, so you need to listen up. Listen to John 10.10. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Listen to this. Christ came to die for you and for me. He rose from the dead for you and for me. And you say, why? So that we may have a full life filled with his Hope. Is anybody with me today? Yeah. I mean, can I hear a pin drop in this room today? Listen, it's time to wake up. We have a hope in this world. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Are you excited about that? I don't know about you, but I get excited about the things that God is doing in my life. Yeah. Amen? Come on now. Some of you guys need to go to bed at 8.30 rather than 9.30. But here's the truth. Even as Christians, and, and this, this is so apparent in our world today, even as Christians, we can lose hope because of what the world is, is how the world is today. The world is, is a dark place, and it's not always hopeful. Um, our biblical foundations are being threatened and challenged every day. And can I just say, I love Chick-fil-A. And we can clap about that, and I do. I love Chick-fil-A. You know why? If you didn't read in the headlines, Chick-fil-A stood up for the, the truest biblical foundation of marriage between one man and one woman. And they did it right. And guess what? They're being persecuted for it, but they're also being blessed beyond belief. Listen. And you think, well, that's a great thing. woo We are standing up for what's right. And that is a great thing. But at the same time, guess what? I love the homosexual because God loves the homosexual. Don't miss that. Yeah. Some of you guys can't clap for that because you have something against homosexuals. Listen. God died. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die just for, not just for you and for me, but for the homosexual as well. Remember that. Yeah, give it up. That's okay. It's okay to clap for that. And so while we will stand against sin, we will love the sinner. Amen. Amen? The world is dark. Evil reigns. Sin is rampant in our world. But here's the truth. For the believer in Jesus Christ, even in this dark world, we can have hope. And you say, well, how? How do I have hope? What can I hope for in this world? Let me give you some examples. The corner post Christian life, we can find a hope in knowing that Christ has overcome the world. You think this world is winning? They may be winning for a little bit, but in the end, guess what? We win. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Jesus Christ is overcome the world. Look at John 16.33. He's talking to disciples. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You say, well, how else? How else can I have hope in this world? Well, we are not condemned. We are not condemned. Romans 8.1, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Guess what? If you know Christ Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior, your verdict has gone from being guilty to not guilty. Amen. Right? Now, are we sinless? No. But we can be perfect in His eyes because of Jesus Christ's blood that was shed for us. So we're not condemned. You say, well, how else? How else can I find hope? Listen, hope in this, that we are forgiven. We're forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7. In Him we have the redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance to His riches, and in accordance to the riches of God's grace. Listen, because Jesus Christ died on the cross, we can be forgiven. Some of you guys are here today and you don't have any hope because you're living in sin. Guess what? Jesus Christ can forgive you. He wants to forgive you. He died on the cross for you. He didn't die for the stuck-up Christians who think they all got it, got it all together. He died for the sorry suckers like you and like me. Here's the next thing. Listen to this. You know why we can have hope? Because we can approach God with anything. So many religions, they put God on this big pedestal and they think He's just up there and they do all this ritualistic stuff and they just don't get personal with God. It's a religion, not a relationship. Guess what? God says that you can approach me with confidence. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Listen, if you're living in sin today, you go, man, I can... God, I gotta stay away from him. I mean, I just can't. He, I, I, I'm, I gotta stay away. No, you need to approach him. You need to go to him. You need to know that he can forgive you no matter what you've done. Will he ask you to change? Absolutely. But he'll do it for your good and for his glory. So we can approach God with anything. You say, what's the last thing? Well, what's the last thing that, that gives us hope in this world? This is what I want to tell you. We will never ride through this life alone. We will never again, once you've accepted Christ in your life, you will never walk through this world alone. He is always with us. Listen to Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Listen, though this world is dark, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we can have hope. We can have hope even in this dark world. Well, not only in this world can we have hope, but here's the third point, I'm done. Corner post Christians have hope in the world to come. Huh. Listen, making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life doesn't only give you hope in this world, but in the world to come. There are two destinations for every human being. Heaven or hell? 
For those that have not believed in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, guess where their destination is? It's in hell. Guess where my destination was before I came to know Christ? It was hell. Guess where everybody that has believed in Jesus Christ, guess where their destination was before they came to Christ? It was hell. We've all, those of us that have given our hearts to Him, have been saved by His grace. Therefore, our destination is heaven. Listen, I got a call um, <clears throat> this week from a friend of mine. There was an older gentleman, an older cowboy, and he called me up. He was in the hospital, and he says, I want you to come to the hospital. And uh, <clears throat> I got to the hospital, and uh, he looked at me, and he, and he said, oh, I'm dying, and I want you to do my funeral. He says, I don't know if I'm going to get out of here. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I want you to do my funeral. And we sat there and we talked. And we, and we talked not only about death and, and other stuff, but we talked about horses. I mean, he raised some great thoroughbred horses, actually, and uh, had a great uh, run with some, uh, some thoroughbreds. And we talked about cowboy poetry. And, and he's on his deathbed, and he's quoting to me, on his deathbed, Strawberry Road. <laughs> Uh, and he says the whole poem while he's laying there. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And then he looked at me, and at the end of it, he looked at me and he goes, Bo, <clears throat> no matter what happens, I know where I'm going because me and Jesus got a good thing going. Listen, for a man who's on his deathbed, and, and again, he could rise out of that bed and walk and come back to church and, and be here tomorrow, but listen, if he was to die today, he has hope even in death. Even in death. Here's the truth. For those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, there is hope even in death. Listen, if we were gutsy enough to say it, the hope or death is the reward. <laughs> Maybe you don't go through trials like I do. Maybe you haven't experienced heartache like I have. Maybe you haven't lost friends to suicide. Or maybe you haven't hurt in a long time. Listen, death is the reward. You say, don't you want to live this life? Yeah, absolutely. Don't you want to see your kids get married someday? Absolutely. Don't you want to you know, live a long life? Absolutely. But if we were honest, death is the reward. Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, knew this. Listen to it. Philippians 1, 21 through 22. It says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see what he's saying? He said, even if I get to live a long life, even if I get to live this life out, it is good, but death is a gain as well. Paul was a corner post Christian. Paul knew that his hope came out of his faith in Jesus. He had hope even in an evil world, and he knew that there was hope in the world to come. What about you? What about you? Do you have hope? Does your hope rise out of the ground? Because you have planted your faith 
in Jesus Christ? Do you have hope in this world even though it's a dark, evil place? And do you have hope of the world to come? I hope that you do. Let's bow together. Maybe you're here today and you're here for the first time. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been in church in 10 or 20 years. Can I just say something to you? This church was built, this church was started for you. It wasn't started so that we could build a big institution on earth and have a big church on earth. It was so that we could increase the population of heaven. And so if that's you today, if you, um, for the first time, have heard maybe some truth from the Word of God, and you're thinking, well, how do I I gain that hope? Here's the answer. You've got to place your faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way. You say, no, there's all kinds of ways. If I I can find a way, I'll find another way. You won't find it. You can search, and I challenge you. I challenge you to search because here's the truth. If you're truly searching, guess what? God says that he will be found. If you truly want to know if he's real, ask him. But maybe you're here today and you're ready. You say, but I don't want to have that hope. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. How do I do that? How do I, how do I surrender to him? Listen, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Listen, God offers you a gift of salvation today. You say, well, how do I accept it? Listen, you open your heart. And you simply say, Lord, I, I know that I've been living for myself and I want to live for you. I confess you as my Lord today. I believe that you did die for me, for my sins, so that I could be forgiven. And I want you to come into my life. If you just prayed that in your heart, you just you, you, you meant that with all of your being and, and you gave your life to Christ, listen, we want to know about it. Not so that we can put you up in front of 250 people and embarrass you. We're not going to do that. We don't do that here. What we want to be able to do is say, okay, you've given your life to Christ. Now let us help, help you walk with Christ. Let us come alongside of you and grow in your walk with Christ. And so if you gave your heart just now for the first time to Jesus Christ, you've given Him your life, you've surrendered to Him today, listen, we want to know about it. You say, well, how do we find out? You, you go down to the guest table, you fill out an orange sheet, you place it in the offering bucket, and we will contact you. That's it. His grace is big enough for even you. And so if you made that decision today, please let us know. Maybe you're a Christian already, and your hope is weak. 
You've lost sight of what God has done for you and what your future holds. Can I just challenge you? Fix your eyes back on Jesus. Fix your eyes on what you know He's like, not what the world or what your, your mind is telling you. Fix your eyes on what is unseen rather than what is seen. Romans 8, 28, verse 37 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. In all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And so maybe you're that Christian and you've lost hope today. Listen, He has overcome the world so that you can conquer the world. And so put your hope back in Him and turn to Him. Lord, we thank You. We thank You for this place. We thank You for these people. We thank You for, um, for Your faithfulness to us. But we thank you that it doesn't just depend upon our faith in you. It depends upon your faithfulness to us. And we praise you for that. Lord, today, for those that have given their heart to you for the first time, I pray that they would not be scared, but they would know that they can come to us, they can come to you with confidence and freedom, and that they would find you in a personal way today. Lord, for us as Christians, that it may have lost hope, I pray that you would return to us the joy of our salvation. Return to us the, 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 the view, the, the eyes that we need to, to see the truth, not what the, the world is trying to sell us. And may we put our hope back in you. But we thank you for the, the future that you're going to have in this church. And we pray that you would be glorified through all that we do. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. If you're a guest, right outside there, we'll have a guest back for you. Thank you so much for being here.